fun. Shit. There Thank God. Go. Uh, yeah, but let's get this shit started, man. Um, Saul, welcome back to the goddamn podcast, Brody. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, man, it's, uh, it's overdue. It's been a minute since I had you, but um, I just want to say, you know, the half court ever since we started taking off, Casey, we've been on one, Brody, Ooh. on one. So shout out to the half court, man. We're on one. And today, man, we're just going to chop it up, have a conversation, um, just talk about whatever, you know, talk about whatever, man. How's y'all's week been? It's great. Pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. Getting a little cold again, so. Yeah. It did. It dropped the temperature a little bit. Yeah, it's man. It's wild. I'm, I'm over here getting excited doing these, going outside and. Spring, and then, I can't Yeah. I Next know. thing you know, boom. It's, it's you know, cold again. So, yeah. Um, so, I was just talking. Y'all met. Yes. Yeah, so, let me give you, let me give you a little uh, context here. Um, so, me and Saw, we. Started working together, and as soon as he found out I was Latin, he was like, "Sup, bro? You know, I love yeah, culture. it's automatically, you know what I'm saying." So then after that, bro, we started chopping it up, and the conversations we would have at work while it was slow, that was like podcast worthy. We're okay. talking about Mandela effects, we're talking about conspiracies, we're D. talking about Dang. D, bro, and like, bro, I was like, bro, get on the podcast because Saul is a guy that likes to read, and I'm pretty sure you got some material oh, yeah, to cover. Always. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. I'm always learning something with Sauce, so I think that's a, a a plus, you know. And man, ever since, you know, he's been a, a full support of the podcast, both yeah. English and Spanish. So yeah. we just been, you know, chopping it up. Yeah, that's good, hot, cool. good, good guy to have around for show, man. Right on. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's nice to meet you, man. Yeah. yeah so, likewise. So yeah, man, let's get it rolling, bro. What, what we got going on around here, bro? Well, let's see. I got a little. A little heat on the te- the temperature thing, the weather thing that we're talking. You about. You got something? Yeah. Um, so I was reading a little bit about doing a little research on the weather because I mean, as you can tell, things are not normal. Like it doesn't take a rocket science to figure that out. Like, like global warming. Global warming is one of them. Um, another one is, uh, for example, polar shifts. Earth uh. shifts about 0.3 of a mile per year historically throughout. Earth's history. However, the past 10 years or so has been shifting about 30 miles, which is still within the normal range. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also takes into equation whenever you are seeing a lot of these extreme weather patterns. I don't know if you noticed, but like, for example, Tennessee last year got that tornado that dropped on the ground and was there for 200 miles. Yeah. So it, it's it, that's unheard of. Um, also, like if you notice, there's tornadoes as far as north as New York, Virginia, like places that normally do not get tornadoes. Right. So you're starting to see that shift east, and the storms start over here. We get like hail and stuff like that, and then it starts moving, and then it drops. Mm. So you're starting to see that more of that of a uh, of a pattern. So it is because of that, um, but also global warming. Um, one thing that I figured out is that, like for example, Earth has been warming up consistently. Since we became modern, since the past 40 years. Since it's been hotter and hotter. And hotter and hotter. And hotter mm. More so than any t- other time in history. And it's mainly because of cars, mainly because, in, in, you know, industries and factories have gotten larger and things like that. So one thing that is, uh, that scientists are concerned is that Earth is, is warming so quickly that it's, if it moves to centigrade, uh, what is it called, uh, Fahrenheit, mm. uh, two degrees. That's all it would take for global catastrophe. So, if you think about that, it's warming up wait, about wait, a like rate. Two degrees. What do you mean? What would it two degrees uh, Celsius? Oh, okay. two degrees Celsius, which is about thirty-three Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. So, give it or take, 
globally, it would warm up about 30 to somewhere between 30 to 60 for Earth to start feeling, you know, overheated. Like, overheated. And what is going to happen is not, it's, it's, um, it's going to create patterns that are very drastic. Like tornadoes are going to be super strong. Or hurricanes are going to be like, I mean, massive. Yo, y'all would have some conversations, yeah. huh? Word? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this is so... Yeah, yeah. so like... Y'all bro, would go in deep, huh? This yeah. is just the surface, bro. I think we're going to touch it. You know, we're going to touch all the conversations I'm like, we used to I'm have. like, what, what else would happen to the workspace? Like, so was, was Darwin, like, dating anybody at the time? Was he like... Bro, my life at that time the work, was... The workplace, we keep it, yeah. Bro, it was, it was such a... It was a roller coaster because I was on and off more often on. So it was like my, yeah. like I said, my whole distraction was this podcast and like just focus and just going and, you know, yeah. so his life was going through global warming. My, yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And then, so no, you was going through it too. What you yeah, talking about? No, and, and that's yeah, the best thing about, about being in like a, a place at a, at, where you got a homeboy, your friend. Bro. I always think of that, like, uh, working on the weekend as usual that life is good yeah. by Drake and, and he's in the back studio and he's like, I'm just trying to save up this money, get this studio time. And he's like, man, you can't spit, but it's just you and your yeah. boy. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, it's a different bond. Yeah. As like, as soon as I pull up and I see the blue Porsche, I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be a good shift. And it's like, we're just <laughs> chopping it up. So yeah. yeah, that one's interesting, bro. Like the whole global warming is kind of scary at the same time too, because it's like, we can talk about it and, uh, you know, a small percentage are doing something about it, mm -hmm. but I feel like all of us, we just don't give a fuck. Like, we just don't pay too much attention to it, you know? Here's the thing what's scary, though. If we can continue at that pattern, we're looking at 12 and a half years before things get serious, serious. And the problem is that even if we were to stop today, like cold it's turkey, too late. It, it takes literally about 20 years on average, at minimum, to make a, a, a small change. It would take a, a, an average of about 200 years before Earth would start getting back to normal. Mm. So it is almost kind of too late. But the way scientists look at it is like, okay, everybody knows what's happening. Everybody knows what's causing it. It's like cancer. Mm. You know cigarettes give you cancer. People don't pay attention until it's too late. But by then, you can't do much about it. Yeah, you that's see what true. I'm saying. That's so it, it it goes hand in hand like how people take their health. They know that you know eating McDonald's every day is gonna mess you up. Mm -hmm. They know that cigarettes are gonna mess you up, or drinking every weekend is gonna mess you up. But you don't do anything until you develop cancer and you got you know all kinds of problems. You know what I mean? And by then it's too late. Mm, that's an interesting one. I think it's more of we're more focused on the money and the revenue that generates because mm -hmm. I think obviously you know the whole meat industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a big contamination of capitalism, you know, capitalism that there you go. And then you think about the cars, right? Back in the day, we're talking about 90s, 80s. It was maybe one car per family, maybe two. Right mm -hmm. now, everybody in the household has their own separate cars. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that's like traffic is just ridiculous. And you think about it, right? If you put your car in the garage and you're in there, the car is on, you're going to die because of the what is it? The carbon monoxide. Yeah. So imagine that pumping, you know, out in the world 24-7. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it's wild. I mean, it's wild, but. Yeah, that's why Elon Musk is Elon, trying to yeah. go to Mars. Elon, let's go. Let's go, man. I'm, I'm with you. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I need to be a billionaire before that. But uh, it's interesting. You think he's going to get to that? You know, so let's say we go to, you know, fucking around, right? We go to Mars and they're going to be like, only the rich can go up there. Because they're most likely they're going to like, the first this one. same system, they're going to. Put it up there to just have that kind of power. And it's like that movie, Don't Look Up. The rich end up 
Get in Mind. Oh, get in Mind. I haven't watched that one. You haven't watched it? It's yeah. a Netflix movie. It's a good movie. movie. Yeah. You watched yeah. it too? Yeah. It's a good one? Yeah, it just makes the st- people look like yeah. stupid. Yeah. It, it's it's basically a parody making fun yeah, of, of today's society on how they react to global events. You know, like, for example, in, in the movie, it was, you know, just Earth going to disappear. Shit. To shit, basically. Yeah. And then, uh, but... In reality, they were making fun of like how everything came about with the whole Trump and, you know, uh, what I mean? so it's more like a par- parody making fun of them without making fun of them. Right. As well. So yeah. you think if something like that were to happen, like, hey, there's a huge ass meter that's going to hit the earth. You think we're just going to like, ah, fuck it. It's happening right now. Pe- scientists are giving you warnings about global warming and nobody's paying attention. 12 years is around the corner. It's in your lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every, yeah. Our kids, grandkids. Yeah, that's are crazy. Fucked. I don't know. If I, yeah. I'd have to look more into it, but I don't. Feel, I feel like twelve and a half years. I don't know what kind of catastrophic events you're talking about, but so like that what would be what would happen is like think of it for example like hurricanes, right? If you notice, they've gotten stronger and stronger in this lifetime. Like the top ten most extreme hurricanes in history, in recorded history, they get have happened in this lifetime. Up. Yeah. Okay. So think about that. They're out of all the hurricanes and ever. That well, happened on Earth. We've also not been able to measure for, I mean, how many years can we have measured? You know, There's what been saying? measurements for at least, I would say, the past 100 plus years. Okay. Because okay. there's been historical data of how you know widespread yeah. has happened. But as far as being able to measure how strong the winds were and things like that, it, it's been in this, you know, the past right. 40, 50, maybe 60 years. But the strongest hurricanes ever recorded have happened in the past 30 years. Yeah. And mm. they're getting stronger and stronger. Same thing with tornadoes. They're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Another thing is like um, weather patterns, like places where it's normally really, really cold are getting colder and places that are hot are getting, getting even warmer. Mm. They're even predicting in this, in the next 10 years, another dust bowl to happen here in the Midwest. So that's going to be the second trigger for the mass migration from the West to the East. Because if that were to happen, like it happened in our lifetime, basically it would get so dry, then dust would just cover everything. You wouldn't be able to grow anything, cows or plants or anything like that. God damn, Saul, you came here to terrify us, man. (laughs) God (laughs) damn, but hey, we got to talk about it because these are one of those that... It's 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 gonna happen. I mean, the yeah. way we are going, at the rate we're going, it's gonna happen. And we have you know. seen pictures of the all the dams on the west? Mm-mm. Like you could see it on the rocks, the like the, the water levels. How every single year they just keep dropping and dropping and dropping, and I mean drastically. They're almost out of water. Mm. Jesus, and it's scary because even like with uh, the sea, right? You go fishing and there's literally not much out there, and we've gotten to the point where. There, if they keep going at the pace they're going with fishing and shit, there's not going to be anything in the sea, like as far yeah. as fish goes. Nah, no. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think there's, yeah, look, yeah, you got, yeah, yeah, you got to look it okay. up. Yeah, it's 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 kind of scary, bro. Yeah, that's scary. why they're they're starting to farm like salmon because they just don't have enough to produce. Because think about it, how how much like fresh fish water. Yeah, you're talking about fresh. Freshwater yeah, so, fish, yeah, like well, no about. farm farm raised, farm raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, the the ones that are in the sea, that's been hard to catch. Like my godfather goes, his dad goes fishing a lot, and he's in the beach. Like he lives right by the beach, and he's like, I like I always would catch something back in the day, a lot of stuff, a lot of fish, and now it's like barely, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, you know, 
And that farm raised shit, that's that's the most unhealthiest, mm-hmm. you know, because they they have these all these fishes in a tank and it's like in this nasty ass water and they just feed them all this bullshit. And then the, the, the salmon, for for example, have like uh, their skin is all like it looks like they have like some kind of skin disease and shit, but right. they still yeah. will feed you that shit, you know, right. so. because they don't move. They don't even develop that. They're all stuck color. In, uh, yeah. And then they, f- they they inject them with this artificial color and that's so what can look eat. red. So yeah. when you buy in the supermarket and you want to, if you're craving some salmon, am I saying it right? Salmon. 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 Yeah. Um, make sure you get the one that says Walcott because, yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, because that's the, yeah, they have all those fishes in a, in a big-ass tank, and they're all squished kind of like together. like cows and chickens and stuff and, they have together yeah. now. And yeah. And yeah. if you notice, salmon used to be a luxury. It used to be expensive. Now, have you, have you priced steak? It's more expensive than salmon. Yeah. Which is crazy. Wow. It's scary, bro. It's, 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 it's scary at the rate. And we talked about this uh, even on the Spanish podcast, mm-hmm. right, at the rate we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw this out there to uh, both of y'all if y'all want to answer this. How many wings does is it was it America? Uh, yeah, I think. How so. many wings does America consume yearly? Wings. I'm talking about chicken wings. Well, there's 300 million people in America. Uh, if everyone consumes one wing, let's say 250 million. Well, what's the number, Saul? Uh, I forgot. What was it I one, think, one billion? I think it was either one or four billion. One of those two. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, so everybody eating. Four wings a year. Yeah, no, think like of forty. Yeah, there's hundred million people in America. Yeah, so, so in America, four billion wings. Yeah. Okay. So roughly about that number, and if you think about it, like they're gonna get to the point where we're talking about this the other day. Is I, like I found this one billion chicken wings. One billion chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that's what it's so needed per year. That's a lot, I, right? I contributed to this. They, 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 oh yeah, we all did it. We all. So think about it. We go to Buffalo, bro, and you order a ten piece. That's yeah. they had to kill what five. Five chickens. Oh, no. You order a 10-piece, that's another five. Oh, no. So think about people going We're in constantly. Chicken. Just yeah. So it's like, it's not more of like, oh, sorry about the chickens. I mean, sorry about the chickens. It's just more of the production. Like, we're mm. going to get to the point where... We're going to have to print that shit because yeah. yeah. we're there, consuming that shit There's companies lot. that are 3D printing artificial meat. So well, well, you see, uh, i seen the McDonald's documentary where the chicken nuggets are pink. You know, the pink paste. <sighs> that's it's not nasty. even chicken. Yeah, that's It's nasty. chicken nugget. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's been yeah. going on forever. That's yeah. It's, it's like you say, it's capitalism. I mean, you gotta make it cheaper and more cost effective. So yeah, mass produce it at the yeah with the biggest profit possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wild. But uh, what you guys think about these goddamn gas prices? Bro. Everything is going up in person. Just but yeah, but I mean, the gas one is like the huge one that's going up skyrocket. Like I'm talking about. It just all has to do with like, I mean, obviously the war, right? And then, I mean, Putin did it strategically at the right time when we're doing this trillion dollar gas bill. So the economy is going one way, which he knows Biden's going that way. And, you know, Europe's dependent on Russia's fuel. Like Germany had that pipeline and now they shut it off. But Europe's still saying we're going to buy from Russia because they need their energy. So. <laughs> We're going to hurt and we're not producing. We're not producing right now internally, they, they say, because Biden's pushing the, the green bill, which he did. I mean, they already made the initiative. So we're kind of in a tough situation. Gas is going to be up for a little while. Yeah, for Gas sure. Gas going to be up for yeah. a while. Yeah. Everything's so, going to go so, up. Uh, Everything has been up, but but a lot of things are going to go down. I think you've started to see the highest house prices. The Fed comes out you, next quarter. The crash. And the Fed is uh, hiking the interest rate. Mm. So Chairman Powell already said a quarter 
quarter hike. So interest rates are going to get higher. You're not going to be able to loan as much money. That house you bought for 360 in the market, you know, a month ago, hopefully, you know, probably in about a year and a half, somebody's going to buy that same lot for 320. And now they just set the news. I, I think you've seen the peak. So, yeah, just because, I mean, the Fed's locking up every time interest rates get hiked. That's how you deflate inflation as you hike up interest rates. So we've been at zero for but that's years. still contingent if anything happens with this war, because if war breaks out, man, future is uncertain. Yeah. I mean, if you go to World War Three, everything's uncertain, but we still got to We got to we got to counter inflation. We've we've been printing out money, so that's the only way to. Do how do this. we counter inflation? So, if you look in in history, how you counter inflation is through deflation, which is raising interest rates and loaning less money. So, when you when like now for the last two years, we've been zero zero interest rates, and we've been loaning tons of money. You can get credit lines at X. That's why some people are over leveraging some of the houses they have because their payment that they used to you know, have to finance 2400 a month for, they can now afford to 1800 because interest rates been at zero. So once those prime rates go up, and usually you'll see an inflation, so the Fed will go a quarter up. Then the next quarter, they'll go up a quarter up. So by the time, you know, that it's it just all goes to the prime rate that the banks have. And it just, mm-hmm. it, it enables the Fed how much credit they allow to the citizens. Because, like, if everyone tried to cash out all their money in the bank, it's the, the bank crashes. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bank crashes. We're, we're, we're a system built on credit. So how you get deflationary is you start to pull that credit back by hiking interest up. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 But also the, another thing is that the problem is that the dollar is depreciating faster than they're able to do that. And it's... Because we had, we had stimulus. The whole country shut down. Yeah. And it's causing issues to where, I mean, I don't know if you guys travel lately, but if you travel internationally, especially especially in Europe, the dollar used to be the currency that you would be able to take. They won't take the dollar anymore. If you really? go to Europe, you have to go, you got to buy euros. Euro? Yeah, yeah, that's the only currency they're going to take. They don't want to take the dollar at all. Huh. So that's just something. Damn. That shit's scary. Yeah. yeah. And here, here's another fact that is kind of scary, for at least for me, that it's, one of those things, like for example, National Guard has been activated. Mm. Um, if you if you if you're in the military circles, it officially we're on DEFCON two. I mean, uh, DEFCON three unofficial, unofficially mm. on DEFCON two, but officially in DEFCON three. So mm. I don't know if you know much about it, but DEFCON three basically means that if you're active duty military, you have 15 minutes to show up to to the military if anything were to happen. So you have to be on call, on alert, to go. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's I'm fifty fifty that we might, might break out. Yeah. yeah, I I I I can see that being a thing. Um, but speaking of like uh, you know the gas prices and stuff, um, a Tesla right now sounds good. A Tesla right now yeah. sounds clutch. I mean, um, anything sounds good if you get a chip, but you can't get those chips, and Teslas ain't selling. I mean, I think my boys had a Cybertruck on order for like two and a half years. He's been on the but way. But the Teslas, is, man, that you know Tesla truck mean? is, I don't know it what's is, going on. Yeah, everything's on hold. It's, yeah. it's all the shipping. Um, so I saw this thing on, like, I think, I want to say it's either 2027, 2028, or 2035 in California. And I think New York followed that, that it, all cars must be electric Yeah, in that state. Yeah, California, 2025. They're not producing any more new gas vehicles. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're more leaning towards the electric side. It's not they're leaning. It's a law. Like you can't sell gas vehicles in my state. After but why? But why? Well, what's the reason? It's the Do green you? bill. It's the initiative for like 
So everyone's going green. California is starting off. I mean, they're, Cali's, it's, it's all blue, right? It's liberal. And then you go east and it gets more red. But Cali's the first one implementing with the state saying, if you own a Ford, a GMC, a whatever, you're going to do electric vehicles after 2025. So get ready because our whole state's pushing green and we're going to do, you know, electric pods to recharge instead of gas stations. With these cars, these electric cars, this is my concern. This is my conspiracy side. Does the government have control over these cars being that they're electric computer? They're more computer generated. If they're connected to the internet, my answer is yes. Yeah. And I would say then we're already suspect today. You know what I mean? There's computer yeah. chips in cars today. That's how they get on. That's how they run. Right, right, right. Yeah. They, so they, it could they, be, it could be, if it, that argument. But I think, man, but I think with the electric one is more of a. It's just ran by gas or electricity. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would love to, I would love for the government to yeah. move my, my accord. Cause I feel like that with the electric car, they can actually get into it and tell the car to drive itself wherever they, or stop it completely from even turning on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, I don't know. It's the CIA side of things. You know, I don't know. Big brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm curious to see where this goes, but. Eventually everything's going to have to go up. Germany has the same thing. They have a mandate by 2050. All German manufacturers have to move completely to electric. Mm. So between now and 2050, we're going to see less and less uh, engines out yeah. of Germany. And that's, if you think about it, that's like Mercedes, Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche, and all, all the big luxury manufacturers are coming from there. Yeah. So if they, they all are going to start switching to an EV. Mm. We'll see. Um, so now that we were talking about the whole, you know, financial and the bank system, the other day we were talking about 401ks and I kind of, that to me, that was an interesting topic. And I think it's very informative for people to know. Um, you were saying, you know, kind of, kind of explain what you what we were talking about. Cause I don't remember that much, but I know just, it was good. I, so, I mean, I think the, the overall basis was the stock market needs inflation, right? It needs people to be, we all need to be in the market for the market to be successful. Well, when you look at most middle class, um, lower class, the only way they're participating in the market is through 401k. So they've now inflated the market where we can have, you know, uh, we, we can still have the volatility, which the hedge, hedge funds provide. But my whole thing is all these middle class workers are putting into the 401k, putting in the 401k. And through the last, you know, 80 years, every 10 years, we usually have a recession. So every recession, you the 401k makes it to where you can't pull out the money. It's almost like the system's set up for you to invest. But when the market's tanking, you pull out, you owe a 40% penalty. Whereas most of the people with money participating in the market that are actually making money, they're, they're pulling out at the top. Or even when there's a, a war or something breaking out, they're pulling out on the way down, whereas everyone else is handcuffed. So hopefully you didn't retire the year it fell down, you know, because a lot of people got, got screwed for COVID. They were getting ready to retire and their 401k dropped 30%. And it's like, you got to wait a couple years to get back there. So I'm a little ignorant on this side. And that's why I love this podcast, because I can get to learn a little bit more. So with the 401k, so if the market's dropping, the 401k is dropping too? Yeah. Because that's something I so noticed when I look at my... A 401k is usually mutual funds and you can be aggressive to conservative. So 401k is made up of like 
separate mutual funds. BlackRock will have a mutual fund in there, which that'll be an aggressive BlackRock. They invest in tech companies. So mm. you'll put like 20% into BlackRock. You'll put 30% to this other mutual fund that does more like commodities. You know mm. what I mean? So, and then, so when the market tanks though, commodities tank, tech tanks, everything tanks. So, so does your 401k. See, what? I didn't know that. Like, that's crazy because I do like the finance side of things. And I remember looking at my fidelity like maybe a month ago and seeing it like red. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, why am I, why is my 401k less? Yeah. And it's like, I thought it was just me putting money in there as a savings retirement plan, which it is, but it, is. it also has to do with the market. If the market's good, then it just sucks that they didn't tell you that, hey, just timing has to be right when you retire. And I think yeah, that's a big part with school, right? The, yeah. the education system should do a better job at explaining that. Yeah, because and ultimately you're going to win. Ultimately, I feel like it's the easy guide. It's the breadcrumbs. Like at the end of the day, the market has consistently always raised. OK, uh -huh. you're just only unlucky if you're get that 30 percent dip that you've came out of. Like it's just more breadcrumbs come in, inflate the market for everyone else that has inside information that buys on the highs and dumps on the lows. Um, so I just feel like if people were more educated and thank God for tech, right? You got Robin hood and then still people are finding out that Robin hood's doing some shady stuff, but either way you have these outlets now where people are like, Oh, I can have control of my own brokerage account. So if I'm at home and I've seen that we've had all time highs and there's tensions brewing up in Ukraine, I can say, I'm going to sell, I'm just going to sell everything. I'll buy back in, you know, next two weeks from now, but I'll just sit on it. You can't do that with the 401k. Mm. And there's other benefits. Like I'm probably not giving the whole basis, like tax benefits, especially yeah. Roth versus IRA, IRA non-Roth. So, but I just feel like the system's set up more in that way of, hey, this is how you invest. It's just put it away into this fund and they don't really teach you trading and, yeah. and pulling out of your brokerage account. I don't even know how to set up a brokerage account. I, would, I didn't even know what brokerages were. You know, mm. Vanguard and right, right, and fidelity. And fidelity. A lot of people, and, yeah. a lot of people have a regular job, and their companies offer four hundred one k, and they don't even know what it is to be able to sign up for it, and they don't have the education to, the or the knowledge that if they do set up a four hundred one k, not only most companies will match you up to a certain amount, mm -hmm. so it's literally like free money that you're leaving on the table. If you were to put to the side, the company is going to match. Like Verizon matches up to 6%. So imagine 6% of whatever you make per year, they are match another 6%. That's 12% mm -hmm. of your income per year, every year you work for them. So it, that's huge because yeah. you can borrow against it. You could get a cheaper loan for that car. You could get a cheaper loan for that house. Mm -hmm. You could borrow against it to be able to put down money or take out money for a business and then pay it back to yourself, you know what I mean, instead of the bank. Mm -hmm. Because the interest that you get is to for yourself, not the bank. Mm. So it's huge. It's a it's a, a a good financial medium for company for people to be able to get out of either poverty or even their you know their level, uh, their financial situation that they might be. And in. the the companies inve uh, invested because the government incentivizes the companies to give these match programs because they get tax write offs and benefits for that. So it's like the system set up in that way, you know, and, and, and match programs are great because mm -hmm. you do get that. Um, but same, same as uh, borrowing money, you can do it. If you have a brokerage account, you just give your personal financial to your uh, banker and based on what shares you have, you can leverage against that too. Mm -hmm. So kind of like a 401k. Yep. That's good. That's good knowledge that I think people <coughs> should definitely 
you know, do some more research because, like I said, yeah. I, I just well, it's just not out there. It's not well, out now. There. It is. I mean, with you YouTube, YouTube, you got financial, yeah, yeah and uh -huh. you got people. That's that's how I learned. Also, the new thing now is that you can take, for example, if you've been investing in Bitcoin, you could let's say let's say you save a hundred grand in Bitcoin, you could use that as a collateral to get <laughs> a loan and then pay back that loan, but never pay taxes on it. So imagine if you would have instead of cashing out your hundred k. Hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin, and they use it for your business or whatever. You could just borrow against it, pay it back to yourself, and then that you still have that hundred thousand mm. dollars that you can give to your kids, and then build generational wealth that way. So that's mm. huge. It's huge. You're the bank with crypto. Yeah. You provide liquidity. Yeah. You can stake it. People mm. borrow from your liquidity. You get interest on your money. I mean, you're the bank. I so love. I can't I love. wait till we can stake NFTs. Yeah. So Speaking of Bitcoin, Bitcoin is what's saving the Ukraine and Russia right now because literally they got. All their money literally has been frozen. So I think an entire country got their their money cut off. So because they have, you know, cryptocurrency and things like that and gold, they're able to still kind of maintain it. But I don't know if you kept up with the Russian stock market. It's tanking. Like it's yeah. gone, like their, their, their biggest um, uh, gas company has dropped from $15 all the way to, to like cents. It became a penny stock. Well, it's because they seized shit. the owner. Yeah. They got him on the yacht. The, all the billionaires left, so they wanted to seize billionaires' yachts. They're putting pressure on the wealth, so the wealth calls Putin and says, stop. Uh, but, like, yeah. it was crazy because Ukraine had something in their bill where they couldn't uh, cash the Bitcoin funds to fund the war based on the way their, like, constitution was written. So they actually just got, I think we gave them $300 million. Uh, but they couldn't use the cryptocurrency. But people have been using the cryptocurrency as far as like folks that are just regular at home people because their bank their banks got frozen. Yeah, all the banks are frozen. Yeah, so imagine frozen. it happened. Diversity. It comes happened down to in the United States too. A lot of like my friend banks with a uh, online bank that had ties with Russia. He couldn't access his his money for two days. But in the United States, if something happens to your bank, they federally insure up to $250,000. So they were able to get that from the government. But had it not been for that, that's it. His money would have been gone. Man, what happens oh, wow. when all of our money freezes? Right. You know I mean? But that's where, that's where crypto is huge is because you've seen a lot of uh, Latin American countries, their economy collapse completely and people having to rely on cryptocurrency. Well, I think Salvador is the first one to implement, like, that's yeah. going to be, like, one of the main currencies and they're doing pretty good, mm -hmm. you know? Right now, uh, the Ukraine is, like, literally, it's functioning based on, on Bitcoin right now. They, they, they have literally received over $52 million in, in Bitcoin, and they're literally using that to airdrop it to their users so they can go into Poland and be able to keep on with their lives. Mm. So, I mean, it, 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 it has a huge um, influence right now in the world, and people are starting to realize, okay, I see the value of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Mm. I don't know, man. It's crazy what's going on around the world, and uh, Putin, I think he's a mad... He's, he's just lost his mind, bro, really, because yeah. he just wants more power. That's really what it comes down to. It's just a selfish decision of just... If you want more power, you can still get more... I mean, he's just going about it the wrong way. I mean, he's he's the modern-day Hitler. Yeah. I mean, he's I, just I, going about it the wrong way. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, Have you ever looked into, like, like, all Ukraine has to offer and the reasons, like, why he would benefit from the Ukraine? More, I've just more of the strategic position is all i can see as far as nato getting stronger in his borders but maybe you could touch on like the commodity side and what they have well like. commodity wise like they the ukraine is a huge producer of of gas in the world um also most of the pipelines that go throughout europe 
cross through Ukraine. Yeah. So for the export and import, um, Putin would benefit by not having to pay tariffs to import or export any of their goods through those pipelines. Um, also, like, for example, the, the islands that are off the coast of the Ukraine, they belong to Russia, but they are dry, water, they, global warming, whatever the case might be. They used to get water from the Ukraine, but the Ukraine cut it off. So they would benefit from that water for that land. And that land is super important because that's their exit to, to the Black Sea. So that's their route to be able to take, in, uh, to bring in imports and to export goods mm. from, from Russia. So it, that Ukraine is a strategic for resources. Um, they're huge in like manganese, uh, plutonium. They're huge manufacturers in gas. Um, so, I mean, they're very rich in res- resources and minerals. And Russia wants that power. Oh, yeah. They want that power. They want the resources. Most of the, world's, uh, most of the wars that have happened in history have been over resources. And diplomatically speaking, they, they claim other things, but it really comes down to resources. Like the Iraq War was... Iraq, yeah, that it was, was definitely... It was oil. That's literally what the war was about. And every war ever since has been... You wonder. It could have been war. could have also been strategy. I mean, we, we stayed in Iraq forever, Afghanistan forever. If you look at the world map, it's right next to Russia. And we had our military bases because we were at war with Iraq. But right, right. At any given time, we could have struck Russia from right, Iraq but and Afghanistan. I think so. There's a lot of strategic. I mean, yeah. these guys in the it Pentagon, could be they can kill two birds with one stone. It could be like exactly, the oil, and then yeah. looking after Russia. We're right there, you know. Exactly. Military bases is important, yeah. like to have bases in different countries for strategic moves. Like Russia right now has, they're building so many um, bases and all throughout Africa. So do you have to invade? Because, like, for example, when they went to Iraq and built the military base, they had to invade that place. Yeah. So yeah. when they do it in other countries, they just talk to their leaders. Hey, we're going to. How does that work? So it's like NATO, like us, it's NATO. Yeah. So that's why okay. we started the treaty. It's the North Atlantic Treaty. So we go to these other countries and we say, hey, how do we figure and how they all figured it out was let's all create our own army. So at all times, you know, the U.S. has their army, but then we've donated X amount of our army. Because when I went on a deployment, we were a NATO ship. We took down all of our American stuff and we put up just NATO stuff. So our commander was a NATO commander, not an American. You know what I mean? Mm. And it still could be. But sometimes the NATO commander could be a general from Germany. You know what I'm saying? Ah, So it could be anybody. You're just a part of NATO. Because there's not like a, let's say, a Germany military base here in the United States or is there? There's an embassy. There's probably embassies, like, yeah. but no, no military bases. Not like, like that's part of the do. treaty. Yeah, like yeah. we're. Pro- I don't know though, but there's an American base in Germany. So right, that's what I'm but saying. It, but it, pro- they do all opposite? those treaties and those rights, it's probably all negotiated, all negotiated, and it's all stemmed from like how we bailed them out of the old Hitler days. So I'm mm-hmm. sure we were able to through that keep a base. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A lot of the bases come from when, whenever in times in history where like certain power were was the big, the large one. For example, right now is the United States, so we have the largest amount of bases around the the world. Prior to the United States, it was the United Kingdom. So the UK had a lot of military bases all over the world, and their currency was the currency that the world used. Prior to that was the Dutch. So it all comes down to it. Now, a power that is rising that can literally has the potential to take over as the next new world order would be China. They are there financially, they are there technologically, they are there with military power, they're there with education. So they're literally knocking on the door or knocking out the U.S. dollar as the, you know, to knock him down and to knock out the United States as the next global power. Because like right now, everybody transacts in in the U.N. dollars. Like the world has to, for example, 
if you buy oil, there's a treaty that all oil in the world has to be bought and sold in United States dollars because the U.S. is the it's dominant. A doll, it's, the, it's the dollar standard. It used to be yeah. the gold standard, and then they moved it to the dollar standard. Yep. And it's because of that that we the United States sort of is not as, at risk of our dollar depreciating down to nothing like Venezuela or Argentina, all those, uh, you know, like they they can print, they can print all the money they want, but eventually it's going to deflate to the point that it's worth nothing. Mm. But because the United States dollar has to transact to buy oil and oil is still needed, it's never going to go to zero. But that's why the the Federal Reserve is important for them to keep the interest rates to be able to balance that out also. God damn. <laughs> it's a lot oh, yeah. of shit, man, that goes down. And it's crazy how all that just keeps the dollar like the dollar is pretty much where it's at right now because of oil right no i mean no. i don't think so it's all it's all different trade it's yeah. all about world trade and yeah. what import exports you have and what trade deals you you make and it's 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 always a constant battle between china and the us to work with people like greece or anybody else and we have liaisons that are that work for either the Trump administration or the Biden administration and they're trying to come up with trade deals and they and you guarantee it there's somebody from China that's a liaison that's also Greek that's trying to work a deal to go with China and they're trying to sweeten the deals all the time it's China it's really a global market but you just wonder man like like if we owe this money to China and this and that it's like well when when do they call the note like, like, I know if done. I've ever owed money, like, I'm worried because they're going to come take my car. Or right. they're going to come, like, right. okay, well, call the note. And we flood, we, I mean, I think they look at everybody's budgets for military, and our budget is, like, ten times more than the closest military budget to us, which I think was Russia, maybe China. But, we, I mean, I just, I, I, I know everyone always kind of keeps their mind on the debt and that kind of, it's always a topic, I feel like, since I was a little kid. But my whole thing is just like, well, when do they call the note? It's and been like that for years, right? For years. years, decades and shit. For years. Like, and then we just printed out so much money in history. This was a crazy event with COVID and how many billions and trillions, I think it was trillions that we printed out and gave to our citizens because we had to. So it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. There's something there, but you only know if you're in the game. Right, right. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Yeah. Uh, we don't got the money, that type of money or that power, you know, so. Have you ever uh, looked into like the new Silk Road? The new what? Silk Road. So is it like the new world order kind of? No, no, or? not really. It's more like their, their chi uh, China strategy to be able to um, take on to as many countries as possible, but to be able to make them allies, either financially or military or however the case might be. So like in the old days, in ancient times, the Silk Road was the trade routes that they would use to be able mm. to trade in and out of China to make uh, China a global, uh, uh, you know, a global king. So in modern days, they're using that through digital means or construction. So like, for example, if you look up the largest construction companies in the world, they're all Chinese. And they're doing so by, like, for example, they went to Bolivia and they started building stadiums, roads, highways, things like that. And then in exchange, they have either bases or something in there that they can get or, or their resources. And they're doing this strategically all throughout the world. Mm. So, well, that's and that's that's why you just got to feel safe with NATO, though. I mean, it's the largest military in the world, and it's for a reason. We've we've gathered all these treaties for a reason. And in China, China has it. China's on their own. Russia's on their own. You know, and sort the thing, of though. 
Sort of. I mean, they 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 could always team up. Think about this. They could. And those, they, are the biggest, they those are the two yeah. biggest militaries. They believe in how they rule their people the same. You know, it's communism. Yeah. yeah. Think think of the, all the countries that are allies: Russia, China, North Korea, They're Cuba, all, yeah. Bolivia, Venezuela. Like all of those are allies. Now, Latin American countries are not so much of a you know what I mean of right. a threat, but they are strategic for their location because an attack to North America, Central America from like Latin America would be ideal or Central sure, America. Sure. You see what I'm saying? So military speaking, they are just as large as the US, if not larger. I mean if you put Russia's military power with China and North Korea, it's 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 a threat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um yeah. you out. All right, bro. Time to hit the go dusty road. All right, bro. I'll see yeah, you later. Bro. Um why do you think we, like, the United States can, like, make peace? Do you think that's ever going to be a thing? What make peace with who? China. Well, it's just, we just have different philosophies in how we live. Yeah. And that's why I think, ultimately, Americans would always prevail because, you know, it, it, just like we talked about, bro, imagine waking up every day and being part of this social credit system <laughs> and be, and having to, if I jaywalk today, I'm going to be shamed on the bus, like, and if I didn't grow up in the right setting and my parents didn't teach me the proper ways of how to be how to behave in public, well now all of a sudden I've banished myself from the social credit system. I can't have insurance. I can't own my own house. You know, if China ever gets into a serious war, like people want freedom. Like if I'm if I and and you know, it's crazy we have this uh it was at the Civic Center recently, it was this Chinese like musical play where it talks about how they how a lot of Chinese people moved from communism to democracy here in the US and how it changed their life. And so I really think at the end of the day when you're fighting for something, they're kind of going to be told to fight. Just like just like you see these Russian soldiers being told to fight. Like it's just you you got them texting home like I wish I wasn't here. Yeah. When you're fighting for something like that, I feel like you're not going to win. Yeah. That's yeah. You know. No. So we just have different philosophies how we how we rule our people, like, you know, and that's why we always got to fight for our rights, and we always got to, you know, it is nice to, you know, I know we have like shootings and stuff, and that's a that's a touch that's a touchy subject, but if we're getting raided right now by some other country, like it would be nice to bear your own arms and have guns at the house, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even if we get to this point where we have autonomous vehicles, and I still want to own my own gas vehicle or have it, you know, so I can get out. So it's. I don't know. It's gonna be crazy. It's crazy how how they how they implement that though. I I I don't get how they haven't evolved. Like they haven't seen that their system doesn't doesn't work and people aren't happy. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the biggest part is because they're so young. Like if you look at China, they haven't be become industrialized. Like they haven't flourished to the point that they are now for a very long time. It's it's only been about ten years since Good they've point. had. You know what I mean? Like the financial boom and the, all the mm -hmm. wealthy people and, and, and that growth that they've seen. I mean, 10 years back, they were still farmers, mm -hmm. you know, and, and now you have most of their population going to college. You know what I mean? They have good, good things happening. Like, for example, education is a big part. Everybody can go to school and paid by the government. That yeah. I could see a benefit. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. But the way they go about it, I mean, I think they would have to take some of the good things that they have, but also apply some of the things that we have here to yeah. give people freedom. Like even in the U.S., I mean, there's certain things like you talk about, like oh, you're, you're not free over there. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, like a lot of times in the U.S., someone that went to jail, paid their uh, dues to society, got out, they don't have the same rights as you and me, 
and you. Sure. You know but, what I mean? They have it just as hard to be able yeah. to make it in life. Their credit is shot. They don't have an opportunity to even well, get a job. Somebody in that situation has done it. Like there's always that story. There's right. always that dream. There's always right. that fight. And I, we could probably name all those things. Got out of prison. I think Tony, St- uh, the guy that plays Iron Man. Yeah, right? Tony he Stark. Did, he did. Tony he did Stark, jail yeah. time, right? Like, it, it, so there's there's stories, and at least we have that path here. Like yeah. they they, they you have opportunities. Yeah, have opportunities. opportunities. Yeah. And and I think that's what China is needing, or even Russia. Like they they have the right idea and the right path, um, and but. They don't have. I think it would be game over if if it's if the China were like free, just as like United States. If somebody States, came yeah. to democracy, it would change the game because yeah. just like you said earlier, we have we have a couple bad chi- children in the room, right? We got yep. North Korea, we got China, we got Russia. We still have some bad kids. If one of them flips and maybe they think democracy, and now they're more friendly with NATO or whatever else, yeah, then then we're good. We can always know we're safe. But like you said, fighting all three of them at the same time might be yeah. crazy. Mm. Yeah, we're in trouble if if they get together and they're allies. I mean, at the end of the day, they could that could happen. And if a World War Three were to break out, first thing China's going to do is jump ships with Russia. I mean, that's just going to happen. You know what I mean? Or North Korea. God damn. <laughs> okay, um, I, I want to hit on something real quick, and then we'll jump onto something more crazier. Uh, but uh, the, the, by the time this comes out, it's going to probably be old news. But did you see the what happened in Mexico with the soccer game? Did you guys see what happened? Mm-mm. So there was this soccer game happening in Mexico where it ended very atrocious because they took it too far with the uh, violence, right? So the fans started going against each other. It was two teams, and the fans were just like, your team is a piece of shit. No, your team. And it ended in a brawl. Yeah. 22 people were killed because everybody started fighting, and everybody went to the stadium, and it was wild. It was trending yesterday on twitter and there was just it was just all over the place bro and to me it's like it it, that action is definitely going to cost maybe the team of mexico to be in the world cup but it's like very unfortunate how we take this sport sports in general too serious to the point where like they're beating people to death like it was fucked up bro that's crazy yeah so i just wanted to touch on that and it's like man we gotta you know at the end of the day, it's a game, man. And sports do bring people together, but sometimes it can be the total opposite, you know? And yeah. it's just... There's we, there's people that take it to, I mean, to heart. Like, even, And you see that in the U.S. I mean, there's fights all the time. But it's like, it, come on. Like, I, I don't even get it when it's like, uh, like if OU or Oklahoma State, like, yeah, if they're playing each other, I'm going to go for OU. Right. But if Oklahoma State's playing like Baylor or someone else, unless it has to do with the rankings or helping us out, like, I'm cheering for Oklahoma State. You know what I mean? I'm not like, and there's some people that are like, no, I hope OU loses every game, but they live in Oklahoma. You know what I mean? But they're yeah. so diehard with OSU that they hate everything Oklahoma. I'm like, bro, you're it's you're taking it Just too leave it, far. leave it, Just leave it at sports yeah. and like, some people take, take the L and that's it. What do you think? It's like, is it like more of a pride, pride, know, anger pride. issue? It's only the dudes that do it. Yeah, the it, was that are like, it was madness. It was madness. But if you think about it, that happens with a lot of things, not just sports. That happens with like cars, like Chevy and Ford. I mean, they're diehard going at it. Uh, like German cars and American cars. And there is people, you know, with different sports teams. There's people like, even regionals like West Coast and East Coast. Remember with the the whole Tupac and Biggie and yeah. then the whole East Coast. Uh, so I mean, it, it, it's yeah. Fuck. Is is it like what is lack of knowledge or lack of like just 
I don't think it'll ever change, bro. It's human. It's human nature. Uh, it's yeah. It's alpha. It's always somebody trying to win. Nobody doesn't like to lose. Whether it's an argument, coin toss, like I think it's just that spread that peace, love, and happiness. Right? It's like that's you got to set the example. Everyone else just wants to pick, you know, people go through stuff like people might be going through something and then, you know, their team loses and they use that as like their escape goat. Well, uh. I'm drunk. My team just lost. So I'm going to bump the next 10 guys out the stadium and see what happens. Uh. There's guys out there like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. man, why? Just it's, like talk about it, brother. Just imagine, bro. <laughs> just imagine you're going to a game and you're just there to have fun. And then you talk a little bit of shit and they take that too personal. Because that's what I, based on the videos I saw, it was very graphic and shit. But there was just one kid talking shit and, you know, they got his ass and beat him to death. That's it's like, horrible. Imagine just going, you know, game, Thunder game and you, you know. The opposite team and you know you just like fuck it's just very yeah. fucked up but uh, you're right i mean it's human nature it's just fuck yeah yeah but anyways i, I think we're done with this whole seriousness fucking political fucking <laughs> <laughs> everything there's a lot going on there's a lot going on right we, we have to touch it but now uh, let's talk about something else so last night as i'm watching the last episode of the documentary Yeezus or Genius by Kanye West. Masterpiece. Very inspiring. I went to bed fucking pumped. But it kind of brought me back to like me thinking like, and I've, we talked about this before, right? Where I was like, bro, if currency didn't exist, would a lot of people achieve their dreams more than, because I feel like the barrier right now is obviously having to work and having to create currency to survive and sometimes that can be a distraction or you can just be too like it can be too draining for you to just follow your dreams and you end up just staying in the safe job because you're just fucking it's too much to jiggle you know what i'm saying right so if currency wasn't a thing do people more people are achieving their dreams you think if i mean i think they would but the problem is that our entire world society has has been set up based around you know, stock markets and money and companies and investment and things like that. So how do you change that to allow like all the rich to give their money and spread it equally or governments yeah. and then allow the people to be the best version of themselves in whatever trade or craft that they're good at? Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it'll be almost impossible. But yeah. I mean, if Albert Einstein had, you know, a, a monthly check coming in, imagine all the things he would have been able to accomplish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or any scientist or Elon Musk. Like build a system where it's like, you want to do this, you want to do that, then you're going to you're gonna get paid for that. Right. That way you can be happy and you can do things. Because if you think about it, right, you look at it, 95% of people are at a job that they don't like. So mm -hmm. in a way, you're kind of exchanging suffering for suffering, right? When you go and get paid and you go mm -hmm. do groceries and you give your money to the cashier, you're, ch you're exchanging that suffering and giving it to them and it's kind of like now they have to do the same cycle and it's just like because when you 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 got a job you don't like which is yeah. 90 95 percent of people you know it's you're suffering you know you're like fuck yeah. i don't want to be here i want to do music i want to do this i want you know right. and it kind of just put i was just thinking and i'm just like damn like i wonder if currency wasn't a thing or it's like what you were saying saw like you get paid you know at least the, um, enough to survive would you be chasing your dreams would you would you make your dreams more of a reality because you don't have that like because right. a lot of people get they quit bro they just quit you know yeah. I, I see it I've seen it mm -hmm. you know yeah 
the government's been testing, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's some sort of supplemental income um, in certain areas, especially uh, poverty areas. Like stimulus? It's kind of like a monthly stimulus, kind of like what we we got. But it is uh, right now being given to like single mothers from like uh, black or Hispanic families or that that don't meet the minimum yearly income. So they're being given this uh, supplemental income, I think is what it's called. I can't remember the, the name of it, but it, it's being tested throughout the United States. So the U.S. is looking into it because at some point there's going to be such a bridge between, I mean, such a massive gap between the wealthy and the lower income that they're going to have to be able to do something. You know what I mean, they can't keep raising the interest you know, to infinity at some point, and there's going to be that bridge. I mean, that gap. That's know? what. That's my thing with the whole inflation thing. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the gap yeah. is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and mm-hmm. it's just like there's going to be more homeless people. There's going to be more, you know, low income. You know, like it's 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 getting out of hand, man, with this whole inflation shit. You know, so I don't know, man. I think they should definitely come out with a system where people can be more happy and they can. Because you know, I don't think it really takes much, you know. I mean, I look at us, and I mean, I, I don't see a system elsewhere that that I'm grateful, you know, to live here. And we, we got an opportunity, and you got that one chance, you know. And, and I think it takes, it's that balance, right, of like, we have government programs. You know, we have a program that says you lose your job, and you can file for this unemployment, and you can at least survive, you know, while, while you look for another job. And, and, and America, we keep getting better and we balance between, you know, the other side saying, Hey, we need to stop giving all these handout programs. But, you know, some people are in some unfortunate situations where we do need these programs. So I, I, I think we get better. I definitely think to lower the gap, we need to tax the wealthier more. We need to get better at doing that because there's too many loopholes to get out of taxes, especially for the Uber rich. Um, so, you know, cause we're going to need to fund government projects. Those just don't stop getting funded, mm-hmm. but it's either by the mass people or do we do this crazy, like rich tax and get a big portion of that funding from them. So I think taxing, uh, the rich, uh, and, and, and a lot, you know, and that goes to, okay, are you the blue side, you know, and old uh-huh. money wants to say, so it, it's, it's tough, man. But I think. I, I still feel positive that America is still trending in the right direction yep. and we're still working to become and maintain being the best world power out and, and spreading, you know, freedom and democracy throughout the world. I agree. Yep. Um, but I also feel like there's some things that we can improve on. You know Always. I mean? And it's yeah. up to our citizens to make ourselves better. Right. Like it's up to those voices. But how, how, do, how do we change things that are so embedded into our culture like for example one of the, my biggest um complaints that i have i guess but the, about the united states in general is our health system yeah like it is extremely expensive mm-hmm. like the average american is literally one yeah medical incident away from bankruptcy total yes, financial yeah, chaos that's true that's so true. if you think about it if you get like when i got covid mm-hmm. my bill was twenty five thousand dollars you see what I'm saying? My health insurance paid all of it with the exception of maybe 1600 bucks. Yeah. But if I didn't have insurance or I work for myself and I have a $25,000 to bit to pay that goes in my credit, I no longer be able to have a nice car. 
I'll no longer be able to afford a nicer place for my kids to live in. Their future might be in jeopardy because they might have to grow in a in a in a worse place that they are in right now or a worse school system. So do you see how it can right. escalate into and in the, it happens to so many Americans. Right. Um, and another thing that uh, I envy a lot of countries like Cuba, Russia. You know, since we're on the topic, is that you can walk in, get medical assistance, walk out. You could go to like South Korea, for example. You can go in there and get a headache. I mean, go to the hospital and your bill would be like twenty bucks, thirty dollars at the most. You know what I mean? It's unheard of for here to walk out of here with some, you know what I mean, for anything and have to pay $20, $30. Yeah. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So we have improvement well, on that. I, and, you know, I don't know enough about it as far as I, I do feel like it is a monopoly. Um, but, you know, we, we have active politicians like Obamacare was huge. And I know even as an employer side, I was coming on to being an employer right after when the Obama uh, administration was leaving so I remember that being a big thing a lot of employers didn't like paying that extra money when Obamacare was released so but I know it gave millions of Americans insurance so I, I think we're actively trying to get better but like how do you say, fix I, it though? how do you fix it yeah and, and what is the right system and the problem to it is because there is insurance companies in the middle there's also our medical system in the middle that are trying to make money. They're used to making lots and lots of money. You know what I'm saying? Big so like, pharma and all that. So how do yeah. you think we fix it? Um, where the government will take it and step in and be able to take regulate care of it. Not just regulate it, but be in charge of the, the whole medical system. Okay. And instead of being on the dimes of the insurance company or the health system, it's in the government, where the government you yeah, know, picks up the like bill. public school system. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. I think that would be, like, that we have a lot to learn from socialism. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be, and here's another thing, like, for example, to backtrack, like, one of the largest financial entities in the United States is pharma, right? They are just as big as our military and, and market capital mm -hmm. and just as big as any, you know, the largest, some of the largest market capitals in the United States. Mm -hmm. So like it, yeah. it will be almost impossible to tell that doctor, okay, great. You're used to making seven, 800 or a million dollars a year. All of a sudden now you work for the government, you're going to cap at $200,000. Yeah. It's, it'll be impossible. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, how do we fix that? I don't know. It's a big one. Uh, big pharma is it's, it's a thing. I mean, especially if we get you know in the whole system of you know America's very obese. You know, so the majority of these people, the majority of the Americans that are obese, rely on a lot of pill, blood pressure, diabetes. You know, it's just constant money circulating with their health insurance, and you know, it's I don't know. Tough subject. It's a tough sure. one. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one, man. So, anyways. Yeah. Um, you got any crazy shit? That's all. Crazy? Like work kind of craziness? Because I haven't seen you in a minute, and I know for a fact we used to talk about a lot of shit. All the crazy things that I've been seeing lately is just coming out of the Ukraine. Those yeah. people are savages. Have you ever seen, like, have you seen some of the stuff that they're doing? Uh -uh. You have that one grandmother that literally just gave this soldier um, sunflower seeds and was like, here, um, I want you to put this in your pocket so I can see the, fl the sunflowers uh, um, come out of you whenever, out of your corpse whenever they kill you. 
you know, or things like that. They're just mm-hmm. savage. Or the, the, they're capturing Russian soldiers, and they're literally calling their moms to come pick them up. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> or you have the farmer, you have the old That's man funny. that literally bring in their tractors and towing these tanks away from the Russian troops. <laughs> That's wild. They are, like, the, the movies are going to be made out of these people. <laughs> they're, 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 they are, they're they're both different. I'm going to tell you yeah, that. There's I mean, some hero yeah. stories. That guy Ghost, uh, they're calling that fighter jet. He's oh, already yeah. taken yeah. down like six, seven Russian aircraft. Yeah, so I mean like, the 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 government. He's been a G. He put out put on a vest and like yeah. fucking oh, the, the president, president of, yeah. of yeah yeah the president um, of I, Ukraine. He's been. I don't know if I told you, but my my cousin is married to a Ukrainian guy. So he actually, the, when I was in Washington D.C. a couple weeks ago, I was I went to go see him, and he was flying out to pick up his father because he was. This was before the war to break out and right as the war broke out they had to literally go from one end of ukraine to the other one it took him six days to get there he said that first they did it by car they ran out of gas then they had to hitch a hitch a ride then they had to go on foot i mean and it was snowing and then literally they had this six day ordeal just to get to the border with poland and they just now left maybe a couple days ago from Warsaw to the United States and not to mention that they had to fight that because any male that's between the ages of 18 and 60 is drafted for the military so like they had it was just a huge ordeal so imagine if war were to break out here and what is the 18 or 26 is the drafting age would you go to war thank god I'm 28 (laughs) <laughs> I'm going back, baby. Yeah. All the boys on the ship. <laughs> we coming. Oh shit. Real talk, I would go. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm all in that, but I'd be like, sign yeah, me up. You're fighting for freedom. It's yeah. a wrap. Let's go. Let's do it. I don't know, bro. I'm you wouldn't go? I don't know, bro. I don't know. It's a tough one right there. So at work, we were, at, we're asking everybody that question. And some people are like, no, I don't want to go. Some of them were like, I'll break my leg before I go, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I, actually, I, I actually had a history teacher in high school that broke his leg to not go to war. Like, I'm like. That's hilarious. Damn. And you're I mean, teaching history. I, yeah. And there's some people like, honestly, probably shouldn't be. They're probably going to cost somebody else's life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I just feel like it's not my type of thing, you know, like. Obviously, if it comes down to like uh, you know, I get selected, then what what choice do I have? But nah, I'm not, I'm good. I know there's like my brother was like, I'll go. I'm like, oh, yeah. psh, but there's me. useful cases like you need a male, even if you don't know nurse that well. Like we need help with the hospital people. You know yeah, what I mean? There's yeah. things to help out with. Yeah. You need a comms guy. Yeah, guys back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and with the Hopefully technology we that we have now, I think I feel like all those kids that play video games will come in useful flying those drones. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're doing that right now in the Ukraine. Like, there's this this uh, startup company that it, they're really good at drones, and they're literally going in there flying and dropping bombs and killing all... Yeah, Russians. I mean, uh, there was uh, on the news the other day, I saw that the, the, the control towers were hiring gamers because they seemed more steady, more responsive. Th- more responsive and knowing how to, like control the situation when it gets out of hands and video games teach you that especially when you do like the call of duties yeah, and yeah. you know the battlefields of the world um so that was pretty cool i was like oh shit you know i've actually heard that we have like like one of our attacks could be like a swarm of drones like drones just go out and they start firing just yeah nine millimeter bullets yeah but you're talking about 200 drones in the air firing nine millimeter bullets yeah that's a swarm like, yeah we have that <laughs> yeah no it's wild yeah <laughs> But man, let's uh, switch it up a little bit so you can kind of understand like 
Uh, Saw used to DJ. Uh, oh back yeah, in the day. yeah. Right. What kind of what kind of hip hop house music? House. So okay. talk to us about that, bro. Because we, you know, I know about that. But how were those days? Like, were you just going getting gigs at the clubs, and you know, you were going to clubs? What, so, what you were doing those days, man? House music has a long history. So it. Let me tell you where house music started. The word the word uh, house music came from warehouse. So, and it started right after disco had died and it just basically went away. It started becoming underground and New York City, Detroit started taking over that genre of music and it was strictly underground warehouse parties. Like there was no clubs, there was no nothing, it was nothing public and it was highly illegal to have these kind of events. Because, you know, multiple reasons. Um, drugs used, drugs there, used to yeah. be a, a big influence. There's a lot of gay people that were part of that scene that was also a big taboo. So, pe- you know, parents didn't want their kids to go and blah, blah, blah. So during that that phase of house music, it was, um, it, it was very interesting because, like, they had pagers. Like, you would get passed on a flyer, and it was a phone number. You would call that number and you would show up. Somebody would like look at you, make sure that you're not a cop, take you to another point. That person would drive you to the warehouse and get you in. It was that on underground. It was that underground. So it was, that it's like it was like a rave. We used to drive out like 0.4 miles. You see a stack of tires. Then from the stack of tires, you drive down the dirt road another X amount and then see all these cars and tents parked. And, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. We got and, here. And, and it, it, that's, that's where, like, basically house music came about. And, you know, slowly but surely started evolving. But it, I don't think it became commercialized. Honestly, that the day that it became commercialized when, was when Usher and Pitbull were on the VMAs and... You know, they started uh, in Dead Mouse. Also, was a DJ for the VMAs. Uh, I think those three, when like Usher had that song, DJ something fall in yeah. love or whatever. Oh that's, yeah, 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 yeah. When that song came out, is basic. It was basically that bridge for dance music to be on the mainstream. And then Pitbull and all of these other DJs started helping with that scene, and it became that today is it's just as big, if not bigger, than um, uh, hip hop music. They're, I mean, there's DJs yeah, that are David making Geta doing collabs. Yeah, yeah. they're making. Collab. Yeah, they're they're full blown uh, artists that make twenty, thirty million dollars just like any other hip hop artist. And I mean, the, the now it's shifted from warehouse to clubs, from clubs to music now, festivals. Yeah. yeah, and those music festivals are humongous. I mean, I have you ever seen one in March? Yeah, <laughs> the Ultra. You got Coachella. Yeah, you got Tomorrowland. Yeah, there's there's lots Jeez. of. I mean, they take over entire cities. I mean, like Ultra Music Festival in Miami. It's they take over entire downtown Miami, yeah. and it's there for not one but two weekends. I mean, it is that big. Wow, and I feel like it's it's always live. There's just a lot of people just vibing. They're yeah. in a good mood. It's good energy. It's yeah, good energy. I yeah, yeah I always it, remember that. Even being like the rave days, like it was yeah, the rave like, days. They man. have the what's the bracelet? How do you the peace? Oh, peace, love, and love, and then you pass over the candy. Like it's yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, th- I think what cool. attracted me more to house music. Not, not, I mean, the music was the main thing for me. Like the whole like. The 128 beats per minute, you know, you feel it in your heart. Like it, it really, it, what's interesting about house music is once everybody is listening to house music, it literally sinks your heart 
to that same rhythm and it's almost like it's uh, a chant like what tribes do you uh-huh. know what i mean and like in africa mm-hmm. you have that boom boom yeah. boom boom so i mean it's almost like it's embedded in our dna yeah. uh, will i am did uh, an article about that that he feels like that, that it's so rooted into our dna from ancient times and tribal that in tribal times that that's probably why so people are a lot of people are in tune with with house music and it for me personally was not only as an escape, but every genre of music is the same thing at the field for, for kids. You know what I mean? Music is just your, 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 your go-to, your outlet. Um, but for me, it was uh, just a way to be able to uh, just feel something. Like, the, like to be able to see everybody on the dance floor and then you be able to build this, you know, Mix orchestra, it. this like, orchestra yeah. through rhythms and music, and be yeah. and create feelings through sounds, and then connect everybody, and and to see everybody like be in this trance, if you will. Um, it was just, I mean, surreal. It was like nothing else I've ever experienced, mm-hmm. and and to me, that's what got me, you know, to like electronic music in general, regardless of the genre, because I like all kinds of genres, electronic music genres. But also another thing is. Um, the variety and diversity of people like if you ever go really cool yeah like if you ever go to a a genuine like like event the house music event there's people from all walks of life and every color and every race and nobody's there to judge you nobody's there nobody like you can wear whatever you want and everybody will accept you and embrace that you're there you know what i mean so it's a different experience than going to a hip-hop club it's a different experience than going to a even a Latin club, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that I think is something that everybody should experience at one point or another. I love it. I love it. I tell you that I went to a couple of raves and Puerto Rico's big. They do some festivals over there and it's, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love the energy. I love, the, you know, it's just something about the beat and that you're just at the moment you walk in those doors, you're just like, boom, boom, like, let's go. And you're shuffling doing all this crazy shit. So it's it's dope. So what do you what do you think of the music industry as a whole today versus like when you were younger or when you were younger? From what perspective? Just in like, general, like like uh, well, I know it's gotten better for the artist. Like it's gotten better as far as them making yeah. more money and no, it's I gone get it through different swings. Like mm-hmm. I remember when it first started and Master P was coming out with makeup saying, uh, and he was killing it because he sold cassettes and CDs. And then Lil Wayne hit this era where LimeWire, you know, all these places where you can pirate the music were available. So they didn't make as much money. And then also that era unlocked mixtapes. Yeah. So I remember when mixtapes got unlocked because it was like a way to like, like kind of sample the artist and then hopefully bring them in. So they buy my album. So that was kind of a cool like transition. Um, But I'm like you, man, I like all genres something that, that had me thinking actually yesterday I was listening to Tupac's Do For Love mm-hmm. and just that groove and like the whole, I mean, you're talking about a guy that literally was on the streets like yeah. hustling. And I mean, a real hustler, a real like doing whatever it took to make money because that's all they knew. You know what I mean? That, that level of uh, upbringings, like drove you to make music and feel that music. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Completely different than a rapper that came from money, parents that had money, you know what I mean? And yeah. then you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. a different hustle and bustle and their music reflects that. Like I feel like today's music, it's, um, it's very sad. 
like if you will like a lot of like when i hear it's, it's a lot low tempo than hip-hop from the 90s for example mm. hip-hop from the 90s was like either very hard very raw or very party whereas now it's like more chill more like but mm. i don't know it's that's you think that they're catering to now today's generation or maybe it's just how they because i mean you think about a juice world um youngster barely 21 so he will he really grew up in that era of like the sad trend and you know that's all he would sing about and shit so they i think the generation that they're they're coming from they're either coming from money or they're coming from a family that it's working all the time and they're raising themselves either with their friends or their you know what i'm saying like that's that's what i feel like most of the hip-hop generation comes from and they their struggles to try to figure themselves out or life in general so it's a different struggle for sure mm -hmm. um not that it makes the music any better or worse it's just completely two different you know yeah. outtakes on, on mm -hmm. how the the, the motion in those and those genres of music I just, even, even, I just i just try not to stay too hard on the genre i think it's more just the artists and i think the best artists are the ones talking about what they're feeling to your mm -hmm. point so juice world was always he's a sad dude he committed i mean that's how he died yep. so he his music was so good to people because people that were sad like that to relate they connect. It. Yep. They eminem connect. was so good because he was going through it he was taking pills he was like on it but it was it was like poetry i mean even t-pain you know and so you get all these subcategories through hip-hop because it's just artists innovating the sound. You know, T-Pain always talks about how he got the call from Usher or he ran into him at like a VMAs or something and Usher was like, you're ruining R&B. Like, you're auto-tune, you're ruining. And he had looked up to this man his whole life and he thought he was innovating with auto-tune. Thought it was cool. And Usher tells T-Pain like, no, nah, you ruined R&B. And like he said, he talks about it, he's like, that like that hit me hard because like one of the goats that I looked up to said I was doing it wrong, but I was just trying to create my sound and what I thought popped. Right. So like, but it worked for him though. And it so worked. Why for him, would you say why, that's like? Well, I don't know why Usher would say that. Right. But he talks about it, and so it's just all these artists creating, you know, innovating what hip hop is in their own sound. Yeah. So you think uh, after T Pain made Auto Tune popular, everybody just started abusing it? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, that's it, it, you can't cop like you know you have all these people that when something comes out, whether it's an NFT or Board Ape. Then you have like, okay, board pigs, yeah, board, board giraffes, yeah. board. Everyone always tries to, tries to but copy. you can't, you can't copycat that and do it as good. You know what I'm saying? Coca-Cola is always going to be Coca-Cola and Pepsi is always going to be Pepsi, you know? So it's like only T-Pain could do it because he had, he heard it before he did it. It's kind of like even. Uh, you can't replicate about, LeBron. Yeah. You and we talked about Kanye, the production, you know, with JB. Like, I mean, he just, he had that sound already in his head. And through the wire was really good because he went through it and he rapped, you know. Man, it's 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 interesting because when it comes to that kind of thing, it's just like everybody wants to quick shit, right? It, Board Ape when it came out, boom, everybody wants to copy it to see if they can make a quick buck, right? T Pain comes out with the auto tune and then takes it to the next level. Let me see if I can add auto tune. It makes me sound better, and I can you know one hundred percent copy a little bit of T Pain style and try to get famous quick. You know, it's, it's crazy how it comes to that, like. Let's, that is, you know, it's capitalism. It's because yeah. we're set up in that. Make it better, Richie. And usually, when you when most people beat out other companies because they lowball the price, they look at the service they're offering. They say, "I can provide that same service. I'm gonna provide it a little bit cheaper, and I'm gonna sell all your clients." Like capitalism is make it cheaper, make it faster, and you know what I mean. Convenient. So, same thing with music and how they compete in all these other industries. Like everything's cookie cutter. I, I think the best artists, to be honest with you, are the ones that came from struggle 
or they can that felt that the, yeah. they feel the music because of their struggle and they express it and their fans connect to it because they can relate to and, it. But struggle doesn't mean poverty. Not you necessarily. Could, you could grow up in a rich house but never be heard. And not be connected. And be struggling yep. completely yep. because not, you're not but, connected with your yeah. parents or, you know. But, but you ha- also have, whenever you come from that, you have that emotional, like, sadness and kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I was talking actually to, with AV when I was getting a haircut, um, how, like, most rappers either are either struggling because of drugs or find you know uh, you know or or what do they call it gangs yeah or they also have a lot of depression or they suffer from ADD um because they like if you think about it the people that are the most artistic whether it's musically or, or just arts or yeah. creative have suffer from either depression or ADD Van Gogh I mean go yeah. deep yeah. but they, I think we we're not also aware of how much or we don't know what we we're signing up for, right? You mm-hmm. want to become an artist, but we don't know what it actually takes to maintain that. Like, just imagine, you know, you look at Kanye and everything he did was always measured. Like, he went on TV and said, uh, George Bush doesn't support black, you know? So that created controversy, and it's just all over the news. People are just going at him and the whole Trump, him going. So it's like, it, you're going to always have people looking, people, the paparazzis, all that shit is just... It, it, you you just signed up for that shit and it can just take you to the ground. We saw it with Lindsay Lohan as, you know, as a celebrity. Well, like it could you, she yeah. got fucking crushed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Britney Spears. We saw that with her. She got crushed. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Like, I mean, there's people saying that he faked his debt to get out of a contract, you know? So who knows, right? It gets to the point where he's over here and live concert has to stop the concert to say, Sony, they're fucking the devil. This contract is evil, this and that. So it's like, you know, I think that's why Rihanna stopped making music because she found a, another way to make more income to the point now she's a billionaire now. Yeah. So it's just like the constant interviews, the constant like hours putting in to make an album. And then well, that's, yeah, it's the work to put that, you have. Yeah. Too. So it's yeah. like we were Mace. <laughs> we're looking. Yeah. Mace went to a preacher, but he yeah, became a preacher. I feel like that. that I mean, Jay Cole even talks about it in one of his uh, interviews. He's like, man, like you can't just go to the studio and hope you're going to knock out a banger. Like you got, there's be, more to it. The, you go through to dry it. spouts too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Drake used to like find different sounds. And at one time he had this house with like 48 extra rooms in it and he would have rappers fly up and stay with him and a bunch of different sounds where he would get ideas. And that's why some of his albums would be inspired by a certain sound because he'd have all these artists at his house trying to collab and create a creative setting. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, when I used to DJ in Washington, DC, um, Mind you, I always DJ around electronic music and house music. It was not uncommon t- for P. Diddy to show up. Mm-hmm. It was not uncommon for Timbaland to show up, Aliyah, Missy Elliott. I mean, they would always show up and they would just chill and literally listen and watch us for hours to, to get yeah. that influence from yeah. electronic music. Yeah, so they I even mean, talk about them listening to their cars like all the different times. They're always trying to listen to new sounds. I mean, they're artists. They're just right, trying to right, be creative right. and stay in that creative mindset. But, I mean, I think the common thing that we're all finding is artists are kind of messed up a little bit. Like, some of them are a little heavy depressed or maybe they feel more emotionally and maybe it has something to do with how they operate more with that side of the brain. But I mean, you have to be messed up to be able to express yourself through music and have your audience connect with you in one level or another. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's I mean? why I think uh, six nine fell off because I feel like he was so dependent on trolling. That's how he really be- came up. I mean, I've never got in a car with a group of homies and they're like, put six nine, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So he was always based off of like 
trans and yeah. trolls to the point where now since he had the whole conflict of his you know case and him going to jail and him snitching and this and that now he doesn't produce, produce the same numbers even like spotify and them try to like block him a little bit so now he knows he's not producing those same numbers so he's like yeah music really wasn't my passion i just did it because it worked and i was trolling and now it's like now i'm done because i wasn't able to provide value it goes back to the whole gary v thing and how like for example snoop dogg because snoop dogg that was his whole shit music and to this day he he can drop a song and we'll be like oh shit that's snoop like yeah we'll jam to that shit 20 years later you know what i'm saying because it's like when it's passion when it's there it's there and you created value and people respect you your music lives forever. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Something that you brought up a point too. You said uh, Spotify, right? Just blocks you and things like that. Something that's interesting that's happening in the music industry today is that TikTok is changing the whole game. Oh, TikTok, yeah. It's changing the whole game for artists because now, like, if, I don't know if you know much about music, but like the whole radio stations, every radio station in the world, it's, it's basically controlled by two different companies. Uh, one of them, if, uh, if I remember correctly from when I was on the radio, it was called TM Century. Uh-huh. And I can't remember the other one. But basically, they, uh, they monetize the entire radio industry. So every label has to go through them. So if you're a record label and you have your artist, you're going to dictate, okay, this is the song that I want you to play. And depends on how much money you pay f- to these companies or the, how much airplay you're going to get on the radio stations. Now it's different. And now it's different. That, so like if you were up and coming artist and you weren't signed up to a label, you had no chance whatsoever. But now if you're on TikTok and your song's trending, you could, which, be, you could be independent and still be able to make those. Which kind of messes it up a little bit because some artists are making music now to go viral on TikTok, which kind of, you can kind of smell it, right? Uh, Super Gremlins was one that happened. The it, it was a fucking hit. Like that song is just a hit, but TikTok boosted it to the point where it's platinum already. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that one is that's the song that Kodak just. But like for example, Drake. Drake tried so hard to two C slide. He tried so hard to make that uh, you know be a TikTok dance, and then uh, too sexy. That was the one that he tried. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure it did work for him, but it was like, bro, you're trying too hard to make these TikTok songs. And it's just like, come it's on. Not really, honestly, it's not really the conversation of like TikTok. It's just like uh, radio and cable are dying. Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, for sure. It's, it's all platforms. Like Drake, whenever you see him launch a new song or a new album, him and everyone that's loyal to him on his team are posting that same photo and they're launching it on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Back in the day, to your point, they would have made appointments with all these interview stations and they would have paid for this appointment, uh-huh. this point this appointment, but they don't need to anymore. It's like, it's like the cost of Google ads and everything else, how it's cheaper to just get your name and your, and your following out there. Uh-huh. So TikTok's just the new platform. That's why Gary V pushes it so much, which is why probably we should with half court be putting more content on, on TikTok because all these new users are just coming to this platform and, and, and you were able to early on have a niche where you weren't competing with everyone else in this algorithm on IG and you were new to TikTok and everyone was seeing your content. Well, that's the, that's the beautiful yeah. thing about TikTok is that that algorithm favors everybody and everybody. Yeah. Like, you I'm can telling have you, no subscribers and have a That for you video. page is the, the yeah. genius thing because... But I think it's, it's a niche. I think it's a niche. Once the user base gets so big, the algorithm's going to change just like yeah. it did with Instagram. Right, and, and it's, it's getting Twitter. huge. That's what happened on Facebook recently. They changed the algorithm and a lot of companies are going under because they run an entire multi-million dollar business off of their facebook ads and off of their yeah. groups and then now they changed but it, they they didn't realize that was going to kill it long term when you're like looking well, you at it yeah. you know I mean, like you you're just money hungry at eggs. this point that's what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket right right, right. so i mean 
Yeah, TikTok is very, it's interesting in it that For You page is definitely a thing of beauty. What I've noticed is, the, you know, when I go and study and try to get more content out of it, is a lot of creators obviously very one-dimensional. They're never thinking about strategizing outside of TikTok. When something works, they'll go with it and run with it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's this guy that asks the same questions to the same chicks all over. Like, and he's doing it, he's creating content based off of the For You, not his followers, it's for the for you page because he knows that that same question this for for different ladies that he's asking the same questions is going to go on that for you page and it's when you look at his tiktok for example and it's all the same question the same question and a lot of people tend to do that they just create content for the algorithm which is it's, it's good for the short term you're going to get a lot of traction yeah. Yeah. but it's good it's going to fuck you up long term because you're not building value with the creator right. and i think that's why youtube is still the king you know, at the end of the day, well, I think it's everything's more, the key. You use everything, but to your point, you structure it in a way where you provide value long term, and you're not just after the. I mean, you always see those people, right, with like seventeen thousand like like people following them, and then they post a photo and it's like eighty six likes or whatever, yeah. you know, and like it's off. It's even when Instagram had those bots, exactly, and jumping exactly. on that. You know what I'm saying? But like, it looks cool short term, but I feel like there's there's no value. Right. No one's even my thing you know, is you don't yeah. know anybody on there, and you're not making an impact. So you're really just boosting yourself with ghosts. Like, why do that? You know what I mean? It's, why yeah. boost yourself? Well, it's a psychological with, thing, right? It messes up. It creates this kind of dopamine. And it's... Yeah, it is dopamine. It is. You know, it's all... We're all about numbers. You know, I think there's this guy that uh, created a fake uh, Instagram live, right? It was fake. But on the... He was recording himself, right? And it showed, like... There's 50,000 people viewing and like he would go up to random like at the club to random people and random girls and they he would be like, hey, say hi to my uh, live like 50,000 people are watching and you would see him like, who are you? And they would look at the number and be like, oh my God. And like they'd be all over him and shit and like it tells you the power of clout. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like. Yeah. It's like the guy just, trying to ask the girl and he's got a hot car and he's got the car or whatever. He yeah. Does that trick. Yeah. So it, it, it's like with TikTok, you're, you, you have a high pro like a high chance of getting discovered and getting followers and stuff. But if you don't strategize on the long term, you, if you run with something that works and you just keep going, then you can never monetize. You're not, you're you can't never, sell your followers anything at the end of the day. If you don't have, and think about it that high of like, Oh damn, this video went viral. So if I do the same thing again, to, to, to put it out on the for you page, then I can keep doing it again and again. And it's going to create attraction and right. followers and, and that, and they keep getting high off of that. Right. And they don't think long term. Right. So that's really what it, you know where they yeah. where a lot of people fuck up so but it, it is a revolutionary app i think that's no it's a, for it's sure. a thing of beauty really yeah it's a thing of beauty because yeah. it's just out there the engagement like engagement you can comments and it's yeah. just like it's it's you see a little bit of everything the, the trolls on there i think well and you could be an artist and get your uh your sound out there you don't have to go through a music you don't have to go through a yes. studio uh did producer. you see uh russ uh, with the handsomer uh -uh. so he put out this song handsomer okay. and gave a like he's like duet uh, I, this and there's this chick that fucking killed it, bro. Really? Like, she killed it. The song is already heat. Yeah. But, like, That's seeing her duet, like, her do it like a duet video on it. Yeah. And spit some shit. I was oh. like, bro, this song needs to come out. Like, Sweet. this remix needs to come out. And he actually is going to drop one, I think, on Friday or some shit. And I was yeah. like, whoa. That it's, works it, out for it's, artists. It's the power of TikTok. Yeah, yeah, it's the power of TikTok because a lot of people submitted their like yeah. eight bars and stuff, and yeah. people went crazy. You said Drake and Drake did it with uh, uh, the the summer song where the, they did that dance, and he had the dude on his video. Um, oh, uh, Shiggy, uh, Kiki. Yeah, yeah. Do you, you love me? me? Yeah, yeah. Shiggy, yeah, Shiggy. And yeah, even yeah, had yeah. him on the video. Yeah, just because he sent him viral on. I think he was using Instagram. 
Yeah, it was stories. It, it, it was when stories first came out on IG. Yeah, that was that was crazy, right? Because mm. he made a dance. He and I think that's one of the things that started it. To be honest, if I you mean, think look, about it, you got stories. TikTok was created because of Snapchat and stories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and really, Vine did it first. If we go back, right? Um, the TikTok Vine, TikTok is Vine two point zero. Yeah, you know, but yeah. I think it's it's crazy how one platform just you know started it all and then it just died out. Right. So it makes you think, what will be the next thing? What? Or, or, or which one of the platforms t- from today will still be around? But I think where, where these, right. like Instagram, Facebook, and like even t- uh, Snapchat, they, they, where they fail is they're so money hungry, one, and then they want to be the platform for everything. Stories, video, you know, they, IGTV was a thing, and now they're discontinuing the app because mm-hmm. nobody's going to be like, oh, let me search this. That was a, to compete with YouTube because it's a long form video, 10 right. minutes and up, whatever. And it's just like, you guys cannot be all. I think that's why TikTok is so valuable and so good because it's simple and it focuses on one thing, which is short format videos. That's it. You get on the app. It's super. That's why it's so addicting because you get on the app and you just scroll automatically. As soon as you get on the app, there's a video playing mm-hmm. and it's based off an algorithm of what Casey's like, mm-hmm. you know, and then if you keep scrolling, there's another video that maybe be informative, maybe entertaining, funny, whatever. And you, after you're done, you keep scrolling and it's just yeah. super easy to get. Yeah. And once you get off your next thing, you know, you get back on it again and it's like right. the same, you know, so right. it's kind of genius. So it is very invaded, very simple, very, yeah. you know, so I'm curious to see where this creator economy goes because <laughs> it's going up, to be honest. It's going up. Yeah. You know, going you got the metaverse. Yeah. And then the vet, the metaverse, you know. That's the next big big thing. Yeah. Travis Scott made more money in one concert on the Metaverse than his entire tour that year. He made 80-something million dollars that year, but yet made 56 (laughs) off of one concert on the Metaverse. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. This world is going crazy, man. It's, it's, It's definitely evolving. So I'm curious to see where it goes, but... Man, uh, we've been at it for hour and 30. Good ass conversation. Nice. It yeah. flew, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Y'all got anything else before we close it? Yeah. Oh, man. All right, we're going to close it. Saul, thank you once again, brother. Yeah. Always supporting, man. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.